Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. America, we are looking back at Sunday's elimination race where four drivers saw their title hopes come to an end. It is Scanall, Kansas, and you don't want to miss it. Today at Charlotte, Goodyear conducted a tire test using the 2019 rules package. We are going to hear from Eric Almarola about the new Ford Mustangs and how he thinks the 10 team can make their way to Homestead. Plus, the round of eight begins this weekend. Will a familiar face Return to victory lane, and who is facing a must-win situation? There are more than one driver that fits into that category. All of those answers and more on NASCAR America. Welcome into the show, everybody. Presented by Mobile One, Kara Lamanna, our Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett, and Kyle Petty, everybody from Charlotte. We're excited to be here with you. The playoff clock is ticking. I know you guys know what that clock looks like. It's about seven feet tall, highly sought after. That grandfather clock at Martinsville Speedway beckoning drivers back to the site of so many dramatic playoff moments. Something you couldn't have expected, but was always a possibility. Some days you're the bad, some days you're the ball. That's a chicken. It's maybe right there. The bumper to the back of the 24! All right, just wrecked us. You no, know, everybody was doing the exact same thing. It's just a complete coward move. Definitely 100% unnecessary and uncalled for. We have all been waiting for this weekend in Martinsville. I feel like this is going to be one of the turning points in the playoff season so far. How do you view this race in this round? Uh, wide open, uh, anybody's race, and a couple of guys that, that probably really need this if they plan to move on. But I think more than anything, this is a race to me that drivers outside of that final eight here that we have could make a big difference in who wins or who doesn't move on. Yeah, I, I think, and that's a great point because I think when you look at Denny Hamlin being outside, uh, Jimmy Johnson being outside. These are guys who have owned that speedway at some point in time. It is a big race. It is the race, second race in this schedule, but it's the, it's our, the first race in this next round. It's a wild card, man. We talk about wild cards. This is a huge wild card. For fans that are waiting for something to happen, for fans that saw Talladega <laughs> and went, man, that was different than what we're used to, or left Kansas thinking, man, I want a little bit more. Is Martinsville the place this weekend that is going to potentially deliver that storyline? It has for, what, 70 years? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's delivered that storyline with – Dale Earnhardt Sr. and Daryl Waltrip and Richard Petty and David Pearson and Bobby Allison and Dale Jarrett. And, and so, I mean, it's just delivered that. That's what that type of racing is, where you get guys where their fuse gets short. Uh, they go off inside the car for just that brief moment. They regret it instantly almost. 
Uh, but at the same time, you just can't control. It's hard to control your emotions and stay in the game. Yeah, and I think this is, again, where we, we see that things can really get interesting. You know, we're watching here two drivers trying to make it to the next round of the playoffs uh, when, I, when this happened between Chase and Denny. But who's going to get in there and mix it up with them? And how far are they willing to take things if they're outside the playoffs versus somebody that is still in the playoffs? Uh, how far do they push the issue? I don't think there's really any limits to what that is. So if the fans are looking for excitement, they're getting ready to get it. 500 laps around yeah. this place is mentally grinding to a, to a driver. Uh, you have to take care of your equipment, but you also have to be ultra aggressive throughout most of the day. So you're saying that tensions run so high at a place like this that a driver that's not even involved in aggressively chasing a championship here yeah. could have a dramatic effect on the outcome. Yeah. And we've got, and I mentioned Jimmy Johnson and, and uh, Denny Hamlin. Two guys who have owned this track in the past, two guys who are getting ready are looking dead in the eyes of a winless season, the first winless seasons in their career. You think those guys don't want to put a W on the board? And they don't care whether you're running for a championship or you're trying to make it to the next round. They just see this is about me, so it's going to get intense. Yeah, Let's you might go in there with thinking you've got – Nobody that you're mad at, and 50 laps into this yeah. race, you've got about five of them you're mad at. <laughs> and don't mind taking it out exactly. on them because the speeds are pretty low. That's a perfect way to sum it up. Let's look at our poll question of the day. Which driver is going to make the championship for? We've got a couple options for you at home. You guys have been voting already. This is tight so far, especially between yeah. Joey Logano and Clint Boyer. Um, which of these drivers do you think is going to make the championship for? Could be none. 17% right now. 16 14% say none at all. Um, go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR vote. Tell us how you feel. We're going to give you the results in just a little bit. Interesting to see how tight this is. Sometimes our polls aren't, aren't quite this way, but yeah. especially between Clint and Joey, I think that just lends itself to the fact that there are a lot of unanswered questions here with this group, like you said. Well, there really is. I mean, you know, we know that uh, the guys at the top uh, really have a, a points advantage at this point in time. So that helps to look and, and see who is who we think is going to move on. The, those guys in the bottom four, probably have to win a race yeah. to to make sure that there's going to be at least one that gets in on points and if these guys can't win then they're hoping that somebody outside of the playoffs win because that opens up another spot uh, to get in on points and that could benefit them down the road but I really believe points aren't going to matter to this group they, they need to, yeah. to get in uh, and win a race to your point that's exactly what Joey Logano said that he needs a win in order to advance so let's listen to that quickly you know, hey, we're, we're going to move on. We're going to build some momentum off of this one. We definitely had a, a, a solid weekend for sure. You know, obviously it wasn't a top five or a win that we were looking for, but uh, there's a lot of really good things that happened this week. And moving on to the round of eight, proud of that. And uh, we're going to have to win now. That's, uh, that's going to be the name of the game. We don't have enough playoff points, I don't believe, to, to make it happen. So we got to try to win one of these next three. He's been remarkably consistent so far in the playoffs, which is why he's still standing out of that group yeah. of Penske drivers. Where does that win need to come from? I think it comes at Martin. It has to come at Martinsville. I mean, Dale and I, Dale said it a thousand times, but we look at Joey and we look at Clint. This is their best shot. Yeah. This is their best shot. When we put their numbers at Texas or at Phoenix up against some of the others, they're not the greatest numbers in the world. So if we believe what Joey Logano says, that he has to win in this round, he has to look at this round and say, 
that's my place. Martinsville is the place I have to make something happen. Yeah, Clint Boyer won here earlier this year. I think those are two drivers that are looking specifically at this because when you start thinking about Texas and Phoenix, then you immediately think of Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch can get the job done, have gotten the job done there more than anyone else. So I think you look at this, and this is a place you can really be aggressive. You can knock the fender off the car somewhat and still be able to go and, and win the race and challenge for a victory. So I think those are the drivers that really, if they plan to move on, uh, they have to get it done this weekend. I know how you feel about stats, like Bill Belichick. You think stats are for losers, complete losers, which is why when we do a lot of these comparisons, so-and-so won here three years ago. Yeah. What do you think it's going to mean for this weekend? A lot of times you just throw that in a garbage can and light it on fire. But for Clint Boyer, the fact that he has managed to have success here in this sort of equipment, that is enough evidence for you to prove that he can do something like that again. Absolutely. I mean, he won in this car earlier this yeah. year, so that tells me, yeah, I don't need stats to, to say, yes, that this is a place that he can get the job done. He's also performed well here in the past in other cars. So this tells me that Clint Boyer understands exactly what he needs from his yeah. car to get the job done at this track. Yeah, and, and we if we just look at the last three races, um, or maybe not Kansas for him, but if we look at, at Dover and look at Talladega, this is a team that run in the top three or four all day long. When you see a team running in the top three or four and they're going back to a racetrack where they've won races and they've been competitive, you've got to put a check by their name and say, hey, this guy has potential to be a winner. All right, keep voting uh, on the poll. We're going to give you the results in just a little bit. Coming up, though, we are going to head out to Charlotte Motor Speedway where Daniel Hemrick is testing the car that he will drive in 2019. Marty Snyder's interview with Daniel straight ahead here on NASCAR America. We're just getting started. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Welcome back, everybody. Today at Charlotte Motor Speedway, handful of cup teams taking part in a Goodyear tire test with the 2019 rules package. That has been generating a lot of buzz. And one of those drivers is Xfinity Series title contender Daniel Hemrick, who is taking a new job next year, of course. Hemrick spent some time after the testing with Marty Snyder. Take a listen. Well, Carolyn, today we're talking to Cup Series driver Daniel Hemrick, getting him to test the Cup car here at Charlotte Motor Speedway today. So what's the 2019 package like? And uh, you've had time in the Cup car this year. How is this package different? It's definitely different. Um, I didn't really know. I had a, a little bit of an idea what to expect um, based off the Xfinity package that we've ran that's mm -hmm. somewhat similar. Um, but then watching the All-Star package, it made me feel like you're just going to run around here easy, wide open. And I'll say from the lap two, lap three on the racetrack this morning, it was still had a good sensation of speed and you're asking still a lot of the of the tire to to make the corner with as much corner speed as we're carrying so i think done a pretty good job uh, of making it to where the cars weren't easy easy to drive but um everybody's going to keep working on them and making them a little better and a little more efficient to figure out what do you have to give up for for speed for drivability and, and vice versa so that's what uh today's been all about Luke Lambert's running the car today for you here at the tire test. Is that a preview of what your team's going to be like next year? Uh, you know, I, I've really enjoyed working with Luke here today. Um, you know, I, hopefully I know exactly how that, all that's going to shake out here in the next couple of days. But it's been fun getting to work with him today in that group. Uh, they really work together and pull the rope in the same direction. That's all you can ask for no matter who's leading the ship. So see how it all shakes out, but I'm having a good time with it. All right, let's talk about the Xfinity Series side of things. How frustrating have the last four or five weeks been? Because it's been a little bit of everything that has kept you guys from victory lane, but the speed has been there. Yeah, the speed has definitely been there. And 
more so last week at Kansas than anywhere I've ever been, probably in any National Series vehicle. So that was a, it was a fun weekend to, to be driving the 21 South Point Hotel Casino Chevrolet. And, um, man, everybody at RCRs worked so hard. And I, I've told everybody that all year. Um, ECR, Chevrolet, the people that are giving us the tools and resources we need to build speed in these race cars, we're finally showing them that, hey, we can do it. And we're putting ourselves in position. So, yeah, frustrated because we haven't won. Um, but the, the positive there is that we put ourselves in position to win like the last four or five races and yeah. something bizarre has happened that's uh whether it was on my part or, or pit stops or or just stuff we can't control uh, like last week so um the good thing is i feel like as a team we executed the best at kansas that we have since i've been at rcr so i'm proud of that and um hopefully that's just a kind of a telltale sign of what's to come for us and, and our group and hopefully my career moving forward you mentioned how encouraged you were by the speed at Kansas. Danny Stockman told me that's the car he wants to take to Miami. If you're in the championship four, how good do you feel about your chances knowing that that's going to be your race car? Uh, I would feel good to take that car to, to uh, Miami. I, I thought last year we had a, a good car and thought we put ourselves in position to at least make those guys have to earn the championship. And, um, you know, kind of circumstances out of control took us out of it. But having a race car feel as good as that one did from, from lap one of practice. Um, we talked pre-race there, Marty, about the inability to run the top at a lot of these yeah. places and how that car connected around the corner with a lot of throttle uh, better than anything I'd ever been able to run the top with in, in the past. So uh, I feel good that uh, when you go to Miami, you got to be able to do that, and that car was plenty capable of doing it, so it made it fun. Testing the cup car today, but in the meantime, he's got an Xfinity Series championship to win in 2018, Carolyn. <laughs> Marty, that's exactly right. And there is a lot to digest. But quickly, DJ, I just want to ask you about the 2019 rules package. That seemed to be an initial positive endorsement of, of where things are heading. How much do you actually learn from doing these sorts of things? How many questions are still left to be answered with, with what's going to happen next year? Yeah, th there's a lot to be answered yet. Uh, you know, certainly what tire Goodyear decides on there is going to be a big factor in that uh, also. But I think there's going to be a lot more to this than what the driver all they have to go off of is the the all-star race last year and this is not the package that that they had there similarities yes but there's a, a going to be a lot more uh to work with uh than, than what they did there it was kind of wide open and and uh you know a lot of draft there's going to be a lot of drafting involved but i think it's going to take a different uh skill set and they're going to enjoy uh what they have and and have to work with yeah it's it's interesting that you've got luke lambert who understood the all-star package and then you've got daniel hemrick who understood the xfinity package which was kind of similar so you've got two guys who are coming at it from opposite directions so i'm sure they got a lot of good information but we on this side of the table know you can change the rules all you want to but until you put 40 of them out there and say <laughs> it's a real race it's all just going through the motions right now. They're just, can. it's all lip service right now. Well, as Marty noted, Daniel Hemrick has other things on his mind currently at the <laughs> moment before his career takes such a big step next season, and that is that he is right at the top of the Battle for the Xfinity Series Championship. You heard him say that the speed has been there, but they are frustrated yeah. so far that they haven't been able to turn that into a victory. Yeah, I'm frustrated too, <laughs> uh, because I've picked them every week. Here's a kid who for the last couple of years have, has had a, had a good car, had shots at winning races, and just has not closed the deal. And now we hear that he's moving on to the Cup Series, but he's not closed the deal in the Xfinity Series yet. And, and we see guys come in. Uh, you, you, John Hunter Nemechek jumps in that 42 car and wins a race this week. We've seen a lot of guys come and go in that Xfinity Series on a one-off basis, on a two-race basis, and win a couple of races. Daniel still has not put this thing in victory lane. Joey Logano says, I've got to win in this next round. Here's a guy I feel that look, to legitimize what he's done in the Xfinity Series in these next four or five races, four races, 
has to win a race. I just think he has to win a race. We should just make quick mention of the fact that his car was found to be too low in post-race inspection last time out. Those penalties are expected tomorrow. Similar violations to that in the past have been treated as a level one penalty this season. That comes with a 10-point suspension and a fine and potentially uh, one race suspension for the crew chief. So we'll see how all that shakes out with him uh, tomorrow. In the meantime, though, DJ, when you look back at Kansas, that opening lap, which did not even complete itself, managed to dramatically change just about everything for these drivers who are really trying to capture that championship. Yeah, because you had two drivers, Christopher Bell and Justin Allgaier, who were the two that this started. Well, it was Justin Allgaier's fault, uh, obviously, but he took out Christopher Bell right there and a number of others. But this changed this picture totally uh, because what it did was pretty much bring everybody uh, in back into it. They had such a big points uh, gap between what they had done uh, and the body of work that they had built up. But this just evened things up so much. So even if, if Hemrick happens to get this 10-point penalty, which is more than likely to happen, uh, then you're going to have the top six drivers within, I believe, 19 points. And that just opened things up. With John Hunter Nemechek winning that, that means winning that race, there's two spots going to be open uh, on points for somebody to get in. So uh, th that just makes things a lot more interesting with this. How do you go about racing from this point forward? But uh, just so very interesting. Daniel Hamrick, I was a little bit disappointed he didn't win that race the other day. I know uh, Nemechek got his car th the best it had been all day right at the end, but I thought Daniel Hamrick, that was his best shot uh, that he's had all year. With a couple spots being open for points and the tracks that are coming up, Texas and Phoenix, there are a couple of drivers in the lower part of that playoff grid that we just mentioned who have had success at those tracks. That's Cole Custer. I look at Cole Custer for these for these next couple of races from Phoenix, and we look. And I know if you get him to Homestead, yeah. he's the guy there. But we look at Texas. That's a Stuart Haas Racing Xfinity team. We know how Kevin Harvick runs. We know how Eric Almirola and Clint Boyer and Kurt Busch run on the Cup side on mile and a half racetracks. That transfers a lot of that transfers over to that Xfinity team. Cole Custer is going to be tough, and if he jumps from the bottom up into this thing and wins a race. It messes up a lot of stuff. And if I were Daniel Hemrick, I'd want that car that he had at Kansas in Texas. Yes. It does you no good at Homestead if you don't yeah. get there first as part of the championship four. Great point. That's, just yeah, me. Great point. That's a fact. That's what Betty would say. They are off this weekend, so we'll turn our attention back to the Cup Series when we come back. The pressure on Sunday in the elimination race at Kansas Speedway was completely on. We are going to flip up the radios to hear what was said among those drivers and teams fighting for playoff survival. Scandal Kansas up next. One of the best of 18, I think. Let's take a look at one of the top moments from the season brought to you by Coca-Cola. Joey Legato may not have earned the win at Kansas, but he did have a good weekend. He took the pole. He won stage one and led a race high 100 laps. He did come home in eighth place, but as a result, he advances to the next round with his dreams of winning a Cup Series title still intact, according to most. The man who won the race, Chase Elliott, became just the second driver under the age of 23 to earn three career wins in the Cup Series. The only driver younger than Chase was Sunday's runner-up, Kyle Busch. Ironically, though, Alan Gustafson was the crew chief for each of Elliott and Busch's first three wins. Let's see how Elliott and Gustafson made it all work in Scanoff, Kansas. 12 drivers start the race with an opportunity for their championship hopes to continue, but when the checkered flag flies, four will have that championship hope dashed. Let's just go in this damn thing, make it on to the next one. Sounds good. First thing we can't do is beat ourselves today. You know, ball's in our court right now. Four boys, thanks for the hard work. Good day to have a good day. That could be a song. It's a good day to have a good day. We're underway, 400 miles in front of us. Damn, Jimmy's turned up back there. 
Try to get that 14 if you can, bud. Clint Boyer gets on that quarter panel, racing him hard for this position. No, we gotta get all the points we can get. Just not gonna make it easy on him. Jimmy Johnson falls back. Send him. No, Jimmy, I'm sorry, but I'm racing for a lot here. I told him I can't promise you that he got told, but I told her. Yeah, I'm sure he's sorry. Don't print that. I'm sure he is. Trying a loose wheel? Yes. The right front was loose. Everybody get your together in the fence. Tired of this You tell which corner fell loose. Guessing the left here, because it's about to fall off in the corner here. Get the blood nuts tight, please. Copy. Five, four, three. Paul Menard, no, he just had contact. Just collided on pit road with another car. Somebody put a headset on Joe and tell him to watch pit road since nobody else can. Damn it, sorry guys. I don't think I went out very far, did I? No. The spotter just come down and said that uh, Trevor put the blame on Fuchsia there for not calling him off. All right, I'm coming again. You guys didn't clear it, but that's better fix it. It's embarrassing. Got to do a pass through because we had too many people with a Hey, watch your language, man. Your fault. Told you, you have one job to do while I was on pit road. And Kevin Harvick continuing with his domination now of stage two. Are you ready? Go hard. This time, this time, get your brake by this time. Sorry for the late notice, I just didn't want to advertise it. Yeah, you're fine. Big mistake on pit road, Kevin Harvick speeding. Too fast, section four. Sorry about that, guys. I'll have to explain what happened later. The speeding penalty handed the lead to Chase Elliott. Do not worry about Harvick, he got a penalty. 47 to go. Blaney starting to back up too here now. Ryan Blaney brushing the wall, running third. I mean, I'm terrible. All my fault, too. Copy, sorry, we win and lose together. Keep digging here, we'll see what happens at the end of it. Jimmy Johnson slammed into the safer barrier. He's up against the fence, we're gonna have a caution. Here we come, guys. I don't know what we're doing here. We're pitting, we hit the wall. Did we hit the wall because we had a flat, or did we get a flat because we hit the wall, do you know? I do not know that. They're trying, other drivers are, to get the yellow flag out. 48's leaving debris all down the back. There's gotta be something on the track from the 48. Oh, I don't disagree, but good luck getting up to throw it. How many points? Do I need to pass anybody? Yep, all good. Five for the good at this time. But the fastest car on the track, Kyle Larson. We did not need a 42 to win. That's all I'm worried about. We're already locked in, too. We don't have to give him a damage. He's picked the pace up. Chase, he went off and is driven away from Kyle Busch. Coming checker with 10 still. Chase Elliott, he's going to win again this time in Kansas. Yeah, buddy. That's three, and we are coming. Hell yeah, boys. Let's go. Good job today for making it through. That was ugly. Well, it wasn't pretty, but we did a P5 there. Good job, guys. I uh, I raced four times last year total, and this year we made it to round two of the playoffs. Burn that thing down, buddy. Chase Elliott, he's getting good at celebrations. Alex Bowman should be really proud of what he accomplished. It was yes, interesting to hear him kind of process yeah. that right in the moment. And also yes. interesting in that particular scandal that some of the most frustrating reaction we've heard was from drivers that were not contending for a championship. Ryan Newman among them and some other drivers who were frustrated with their pit crews. It kind of reminds <laughs> you that everybody's out there trying right. to do their best. Listen, we focus on the playoff guys, but, but there are 39 or 40 guys that show up every week to win a race. And that's their job. It's Ryan Newman's job to win a race. It's Trevor Bain's job to go win a race. It's, it's um, Paul Menard's job to go win the race. Um, and they hurt when they don't win races. It hurts when you don't win. We focus on the playoff guys because there's so much at stake. Uh, but at the same time, 
It's like Dale earlier was talking about Martinsville. You know, Denny Hamlin, Jimmy Johnson, these guys can take that win away from the championship contenders. Yeah, and I think you really could hear in the voice of Clint Boyer and even Kurt yeah. Busch there the amount of pressure they were under. Bad handling race cars and trying to make as many spots as they possibly could. They were glad when those 400 miles were over and they'd moved on through. Tell you what I heard from Chase Elliott and his team, confidence. More and more confidence yeah, every yeah. single week. Uh, his post-race interview we've mentioned on NASCAR America this week, he was incredibly confident. I'm not sure we would have seen that before Watkins Glen, but now we head to Martinsville where he famously was involved in that incident <laughs> with Demi Hamlet. How much of his um, confidence, personality, whatever you want to call it. Did anything change, do you think, for him at that track with, with the way that this unfolded? No, I know a lot of people look back at this and say that from this point forward, after this happened, that Chase started to drive with a little more chip on his shoulder than what we had seen in the past. He had been really hard on himself on not getting to victory lane a couple of times, but you can see right here, he did everything but punch Denny Hamlin at this particular yeah. point, but I think that he took uh, that anger that was inside of him right here from that and, and moved forward, and we have seen a more aggressive and, and a driver more willing to get up and yeah. mix it up and do whatever it takes, and it's turned into giving a lot of confidence. Yeah, and, and I, I agree. Like Dale said, before this, we saw him say, you know, that was my fault. I had a bad restart. I got to learn. I got to do this. I got to do that. Once that happened, he did, he's not giving anybody an inch on the racetrack. Let's go to Phoenix right after this race. Denny ends up a little bit scraping the wall because my man here, Chase, <laughs> didn't give him an inch coming out of turn four. He began to drive with a little bit different attitude, with a little bit different, you're not going to push me around. I know I'm only 22 or 23 years old. You're not going to push me around. I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm going to assert myself and do something. And I think that attitude and Alan and he are kind of gelling at just the right time. It's taken a couple of years to get to that point, yeah. but they're gelling at just the right time to be competitive. And Alan has worked with some of the best of business. Yes, and I think the real turning point for me was when Chase Elliott said he would have looked forward to have an opportunity to race Kevin Harvick straight up at the end yeah. of this race. Yeah. Because if that doesn't tell you that he's more confident than when he was apologizing all over town for everything, you know, just a yeah. couple seasons ago, yeah. I don't know what does. Fact of the matter is that Elliott was a winner on Sunday best car towards the end was Kevin Harvick. <laughs> That's why he said those things. If it weren't for that pit road speeding penalty, perhaps we would be talking about the four team and the momentum into the round of eight. Nevertheless, Kevin Harvick and the crew very safely through to the next round. And on Monday, Dave Burns spoke with the team's crew chief, Rodney Childers. Well, you know, Kayla, when I saw Rodney's tweet, he said, it just wasn't our day. And it's kind of been like that lately. Uh, flat tire at Dover, Talladega, not enough fuel, and then Kevin getting a little quick on pit road. Rodney, anything to fix in any of those situations? Uh, not necessarily. You know, uh, every, everybody on the team has been doing a great job, and we've had cars fast enough to win to win races, and uh, we just got to keep doing what we do. And and uh, at some point, it'll turn around, hopefully in the in the next three for sure. But um, you know, the biggest thing is having fast cars and being able to put yourself in position to win races. Next four races include the smallest track, Martinsville. Is it your biggest challenge, or have you overcome a lot of what maybe held you back in recent years? Yeah, I mean, in 14 and 15, we were really good there, and, and then we kind of got off for, you know, for a, a short spell, and then it seems like the last couple we've been really good again. So uh, as an organization, we were, we were great there in the spring. We had all the cars up in the top 10, and, and uh, Clint went in the race. So we, we learned a lot, and, and hopefully that will pay off this weekend. Does Clint ever get his brain picked about Martinsville? Because he seems to do really well there. Yeah, I think you know Martinsville is just short enough to where it keeps his attention. That, you know, he, he can't he can't wander off. Uh, but overall, Clint does a great job there. He, he always has, and um, 
You know, I think uh, all the teams are working well together, and if we keep that going and, and uh, keep everybody focused, we'll, we'll all be in uh, really good shape. And I know you can't look past Martinsville, but obviously uh, Texas with his top fives, they're in a win. Um, Phoenix with the nine wins are incredible for Kevin. What is the goal this weekend coming up at the short track? Well, I mean, uh, you know, we've got a little bit of uh, points, you know, going into it. So we need to go there and we need to get some stage points. We need to, you know, get out of the race with a top five. I, I think that would be our goal. And uh, if we can get the win, that, that would be incredible. But uh, we need to have a solid day. If we can have a solid day, I feel good about our chances at, at Texas and Phoenix. We've been uh, really good at both of those. Last thing, I can't imagine now, Rodney, why after all this time you don't have a trophy wrangler. I noticed you moving your own trophy out to your vehicle before we did this interview. What's going on there? Yeah, every time I win a race, uh, Kevin and Josh, they buy me a, a trophy for my house. And um, that was always something that was important to me and, and always has been. And, uh, you know, people say that you, you do it for the trophies, and, and I kind of do. So, um, yeah, Josh dropped one off, and it's time to take another one home. And you didn't need my help? No, they're pretty heavy. Some of them I do need help with. <laughs> there it is winning races taking home trophies that means a lot to rodney childers and the four teams certainly has that in their sights heading into the round of eight <laughs> all right dave thank you very much a lot there to process clint boyer's attention span under fire <laughs> as well right. i think yes. we all got to chuckle out of that one um but ronnie's saying that the goal for the four team is a top five at martinsville yeah. do you think that that is what the goal should be with how they've performed at the other tracks i would say so i mean and, and i would defer to dale on that but I, I, look they've got nothing to prove at martinsville and 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 Here's the thing. This is the fascinating part, and I'll say this from a driver's perspective. It is, you go home disappointed. He goes home disappointed after Kansas. But you know, everyone knows you were the best car. You know that. You know you went home from Dover. Everyone knows you were the best car. You know everyone went home from Talladega. They know you were one of the two or three best cars. There's something in that for a driver. There's nothing worse than running third or fourth and knowing you had a 15th place car. Because you didn't fix anything just by running second or third or third or fourth. You're still not fixed. You're a 15th place car. But when you take a winning car, you know you can win with that. And that's the quiet confidence that this team has. Even Rodney Childers there talking about it's just a quiet confidence. Let's go. Let's do what we have to at Martinsville. They know what they can do at Texas and at, at Phoenix. Yeah, I think just don't give any of the points away that they've yeah. amassed to, to this point. Kevin Harvick, very capable of winning the race and uh, putting him in the uh, the championship four right off at Martinsville. But I think their goal is, as he said, just amass some points uh, in the stages, do what they can and get a good solid finish, and then they're in a good spot going to Texas and Phoenix. Uh, I will have to say, though, he'd have to put a – addition onto his home if they would quit having pit road <laughs> issues that True. that's plagued this team from the very beginning and i'm not you know it's sometimes it's the pit crew sometimes it's bad luck other times it's kevin harvick speeding on pit road it's always something to do with pit road that takes these yeah. fast winning race cars that they have and relegates them to a lesser finish so he comes into these playoffs with a ton of points that he deserved and rightfully so and you see all these mistakes on pit road how much longer can the quiet confidence remain where we've got these cushions, let's just get a top five. We know we're good at these other tracks. When, let's be honest, he would have won that race at Kansas if not for that very costly yeah. penalty. I mean, when when are the penalties going to do the damage? Right now? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you're in the round now. Round. I, mean, I mean, obviously. This is like, we're here, right? Yeah, we're here. Like, yeah. But yeah, so, you can't be having But this. this isn't something that's new, you know? Uh, yeah, so it's no. like, when, when is this going to go away? How do you yeah. fix it? I don't I'm know. Just, at Martinsville, it, it could really 
put you in a bad spot. You could, we talk about not losing points. If you mess up on pit road, a lot of cars finish on the lead lap at Martinsville. So you relegate yourself to a 20th or 25th place finish, then that costs you a lot and puts you in a much more vulnerable position. Yeah. And it certainly, certainly can't, you know, you give up a championship possibly at Homestead if you're yeah. in that position. And, and it, we talk about these bonus points and all this stuff. And, and Dale and I were talking Sunday. He's won 16 stages and races, 16 stages. That's 25% of all the stages run this year. He's won 25% of the stages. He just can't win that last stage. He's won it seven times, yeah. but he's given away a lot of the last stage. And that's what Dale and I, you can run those first stage, and a lot of times you don't have pit stops. You just drive away from everybody because they're short enough the way it works out or you catch a caution. It's the last stage that he's got. He's got to live up to his name, the closer. He's got to close these next races. So we know that that's their issue. For the 18 team and Kyle Busch, I think it's a little bit more gray in terms of why we haven't seen some of the wins and the dominant performance because those two teams were trading wins for the majority of yeah. the regular season. You can put Martin Truex in there, but really it came down to the four and the 18. Kyle Busch won this race last year. Right now with what you've seen in the playoffs, should he be considered a co-favorite at this track coming up this weekend? Hmm. I, I think he's got a good chance, but – I think there's two or three other drivers that you could look at that, that might be better. You know, he won because Brad Keselowski was leading and then the nine, uh, the 24 at the time, but Chase Elliott moved him out of the way. And then Denny moves uh, Chase out of the way. And then the, the 18 benefits from all of that happening. So right. he was running fourth during all yeah. of that, but won the race. But he's going to put himself in that position. But, uh, I mean, you look at their records right here as to – in this round, and certainly they could both get through and not win a race and get themselves through with the amount of points they have amassed. Yeah, this is, you know, you look at these guys' numbers. I, I'm fascinated by their numbers because yeah. they, they have almost all year long. They just matched each You got to win? I got to go get another one. I went and get, I'll go get one. We've just not seen the 18, so I, I agree with Dale. He's not my one of my top two or three favorites going into this race, but – just as Dale said, how it plays out. Yeah. No, because they put themselves in position. They have bad days and run second, third, and fourth. And if you can have a bad day and run second, third, or fourth at Martinsville, you've put yourself in a position to win with a late restart. Yeah. All right, let's take a look at our poll question of the day one more time, just to remind you what we're doing today. One of these drivers going to make the championship. We'll pull them up right here. Uh, Clint Boyer, Joey Logano, Kurt Busch, Eric Amarola, or none. It is still a battle between the two at the top. Clip Boyer and Joey Logano. You can go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR vote. We're going to finalize that poll in just a little bit, so still plenty of time to vote. When we come back, we are going to revisit one of Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s greatest moments. That and more on NASCAR America. Keep voting. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. On this day in NASCAR, back in 1994, Dale Earnhardt Sr. holding off Rick Mass at the strike to, at Rockingham to grab his fourth win of the year and clinch the Cup Series title. That was the Intimidator's seventh championship, tying Richard Petty for the most in NASCAR history. And following the race, Earnhardt spoke about joining the King on top of that NASCAR mountain. I thought nobody ever tied Richard Petty or catch Richard Petty's record as championships, but you know he's still the King. We're, we're seven-time champion now. <laughs> what do you guys remember about that day? 
I, I'm trying to figure out nothing against him <laughs> winning that race. I'm still trying to figure out. They must have run Kyle Petty out of yeah. gas because nobody no, beat I, Kyle Petty in the early 90s at Rockingham. I'm sorry. They told, me I, out of gas? they told me in my ear I wrecked on the way of the racetrack. No, I wrecked, I wrecked, <laughs> I wrecked somewhere down there. I had I, I, run, I won a couple races there. Oh, but that was, that's why that we couldn't big. find the archive yeah, footage. That's exactly right. Didn't make it into the race. But that was no. fitting for him to win yes. And, yes. and win the championship. Yes. Yeah, that was yes. great. Yeah. Absolutely deserved. Um, yeah. His son, by the way, uh, is now on now our team now, in case yes. you haven't heard. Don't forget, Wednesdays with Dale Jr. returning tomorrow. We're going to debut the season edition of Pit Crew All-Stars, by the oh, way. Nice. You guys excited about yes. that? Yes. Yeah, it's a big thing that we've been doing. So that's 5 p.m. Eastern right here on NBCSN. You can always find that on Wednesdays with Dale Jr. Coming up, we are going to head to Charlotte Motor Speedway, where Marty Snyder spoke to Eric Almarola before he heads to Martinsville to see if he can grab a ticket to Miami. Eric had to do some tire testing. No rest for the weary, even a playoff contender. We'll be right back with that interview. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. will be on the rematch of the Minneapolis Miracle. Drew Brees leading the Saints back to Minnesota where they will face Kirk Cousins and the Vikings on Sunday night football. Football Night in America is at 7 Eastern with kickoff at 820 Sunday night, of course, only on NBC. Meantime, today at Charlotte Motor Speedway, the 2019 rules package was on display as part of a Goodyear tire test. One of the drivers taking part, Talladega winner and round of eight driver, Eric Amarola, he spoke to Marty. Carolyn, in the midst of trying to win a championship this year, Eric Almarola today worrying about next year, trying that 2019 Mustang. So, first of all, first real on-track laps for the Mustang. What are your impressions? Um, it's comfortable to drive. It's fun. It's uh, It looks awesome. It looks just <laughs> like a, a regular Mustang off the showroom floor. So, that is, uh, that's cool to uh, to see all the effort that uh, all the Ford teams and, and Ford performances put into making this Mustang come to reality. And so, to have the uh, the first official competitive laps on the racetrack is uh, has been nice for us to collect some data and um, you know I've my hat goes off to all the guys back at the shop we we've been so head down and focused and, and working on you know these playoffs and yet we still have a group of guys over there working on you know the brand new Mustang getting ready for 2019. All right, let's talk about where your mind really is right now on the round of eight. Do you view this round as a must-win somewhere in this round for the ten team? I do. I mean, when you look at our point situation, I think it's obvious that we, we need to win. I think it's um, a pretty tall task to make up 40 points or whatever we need to make up uh, to those guys that are that are way out in front. Um, I think it's, oh man, I think it's maybe 15 or 20 points to, to fourth. So it's doable. It is very doable. Um, and we've seen in the playoffs, man, expect the unexpected. Yeah. Every weekend, you never know. Um, you, you think you know what's going to happen. You think that the same guys are going to run up front. And we see tires blow out. We see accidents. We see mistakes on pit road. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we see all sorts of things. So I feel like for us, it's about going and, and putting ourselves in position. And even if we don't win, putting ourselves in position and having the best day we can is still about scoring max points. Um, so it, it is about trying to win. Um, but even if we don't win, we need to have the best day possible. We can't just throw um, caution to the win and, and say, ah, we're going to go for the win. And if we finish 30th, we finish 30th. That's not, um, you know, that wouldn't be helpful. So I feel like we can, I feel like we can win. Um, I really do. Going to Martinsville, Texas, Phoenix, mm -hmm. those are tracks that were good for us 
us at the beginning of the year. And when you look at our performance over these last, you know, five, six weeks plus the, the you know, month or so before that, I think um, we're going to these racetracks for a second time. And we've got a notebook. We're showing up with a lot more speed in the cars. We're showing up closer on setup because Johnny and I know what to expect, um, you know, when we get to the racetrack for the second time. So these next few weeks, uh, I feel like are going to be really good for us. Is there one track that stands out where you say, okay, that's our best shot in this round? the next one yeah i really do i feel like martinsville we had a great car um we drove uh we drove up you know i think into the top six or seven before the first competition caution um because we raced on monday after it snowed and uh coming off pit road we we got damage had to go to the back drove from the back all the way back up to six then i sped on pit road mm. had to go to the back again and i think we still drove up to to close to finishing top 10 so we had a really good car there my teammate clint boyer won mm-hmm. um so obviously we've got a good baseline and a good idea of what it takes to have a car capable of winning there um texas my i think my teammate harvick won there mm-hmm. um and, and then we go to phoenix another place that's been good for us so we've got a good notebook um and all three of those tracks I feel like we can be capable of winning. Carolyn Eric Almarola obviously testing here at Charlotte today, but the mine on Martinsville in the round of eight this weekend. Yeah, absolutely, righty. Um, righty, Marty, and <laughs> rightly so. <laughs> absolutely, Marty, you're right. Uh, rightly so. Um, so a couple things stood out to me there from Eric Almarola. Uh, the fact that he needs to win, which is something that we've yeah. been talking about all show long, that he's identified Martinsville as the track to do it, and also that he's saying that we can continue to expect the unexpected I don't think anybody expected Eric Amarola no. to be here. Is there any reason to expect that he could not win at Martinsville in advance? No. It, look, a- after after the way they've run over the last, and let's just say this last stage, they, they have been and they've been competitive every race this last stage. They run tenth at Kansas. They had a fourth or fifth place car. Uh, they had a miscue on pit road, um, so that that took them and took them out of the cycle. They are excited. They're enthusiastic. You hear him talk. You see a pep little step in his walk. These guys are excited to be in the playoffs. So when you get those, that combination, you've got to say these guys are a little bit dangerous because we've never – Kevin doesn't have a book on Eric Amarola. Kevin has a book on Kyle Busch. He knows what Kyle to expect from Kyle Busch. He knows what to expect from Martin Truex. He doesn't know what to expect from Eric Amarola, even though he's a teammate. How's he going to race me? How's he going to run? What's he going to do? Uh, these guys are wild cards. And, and they can capitalize on that and make it to Homestead. Yeah, these guys are, uh, most of them are really good short track racers. That's how they got their start in this and got recognized to, to move on. But I, I'll, I'll still stand by the fact that you better win at Marshville. And I realize yeah. we've talked about four or five guys that need to win at Marshville and only one can. <laughs> but Kevin Harvick is going to be hard to beat at Texas and at Phoenix. Uh, and, and so you, you better go on and try to get that out of the way. But uh, – Eric Amarola, confidence is a wonderful thing, and you can hear it in his voice. He thinks that they can win anywhere that they go, and that's a good thing. What about Kurt Busch in this? Because you, we've talked about Kevin Harvick. We've hit on Kyle Busch. Martin Truex Jr. we haven't talked about, but I think with what Chase Elliott's doing, it may be a fair assessment to say that this could be about Martin Truex Jr. versus Stuart Haas racing yeah. moving forward because there's mm-hmm. so many talented drivers who are still in this thing. Where do you see Kurt Busch falling into all of this? Mm, I, I think this is going to be <laughs> tough for Kurt Busch, yeah. honestly. I mean, with the assumption that he's moving on uh, from this, yeah. uh, the way they performed at, at uh, Kansas the other day, I, I didn't see what I wanted to see when they were, they were put in that position. Uh, I, I think that, that this is going to be a, a tough round for him. 
Yeah. I, I think if we go back and we, we listen to him at different interviews, well, we didn't run like we wanted to, but, you know, we're, we made it out of this round. We make it to that. Well, we didn't run as well as we want. Listen, there's something building up in there. Somebody's going to pull the pin before too much longer, and there's going to be an explosion inside that helmet and inside that car. He can't keep saying that. He's got to run. He's got to run well. He's got to run up front. He's got to lead laps, uh, and he's got to make something happen. He has been the one driver from the time we started with 16 to here we are with eight. It's just kind of, oh, there's Kurt Busch. He's in the playoffs. Oh, there's Kurt Busch. He's moved on to another round. He's not done anything spectacular to give you reason to think that Homestead is his final destination. The edge over him at this point in time. The way they've run the last few weeks, yes. Okay. Definitely. All right. right, uh, Coming up, we're going to reveal the final results of today's poll question. Which of these drivers is going to make the championship four? Or maybe none of them will. I don't know if you feel that way. Head over to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR vote. Right now, you still have a little bit of time. Kurt Busch currently drawing the biggest percentage. We'll finalize it when we come back. Drivers and four races. Who will be the first to reach the championship? The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series playoffs coming to Martinsville, where you need to be Sunday, 2:30 Eastern, right here on NBCSN. And since you're already here with us, that should be pretty easy for you. Let's finalize the poll question, get some results here. We did notice in the commercial break that whatever you guys said, people were voting the exact opposite. Imagine yes. that. Joey Logano, yeah. 33% say that he's going to make the championship four. Yeah, I see Kurt Bush didn't like what we were saying, so he got on and started. <laughs> yeah, he voting. got his yeah. phone out. Yeah. Got his phone. Yeah, he recruited some some people. You know, contrary (laughs) to what we were saying about Eric Almirola, not too many people feeling confident right now, despite that win. No, but but I I think a lot of people feel like forget it. Yeah, but I think a lot of people feel confident about Joey's been there. Yeah, he's been there before. He he knows what it takes to get there. That team knows what it takes to get there. When I look at that group, he he and Todd Todd Gordon, that group is a group. Yeah. Uh, that if they get there, they will be a factor, but the, and they know how to get there. Hey, I had such a great time in Charlotte yeah, with you guys you. over the next yeah. couple of days. I um I went for a jog this morning and I saw something. Is this your house, Kyle? All righty. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because I that got, could be my house. Because I got two things to say. I thought this might be your house. That's not my house. I, because, my, all that um, stuff's in my living room. You know, we don't get the square footage in New York City. I was and say, you don't have things like this no, in New York City? No, we don't. So uh uh-uh, We don't get the dedication to the Halloween decorations, and we. I think I probably live in one of those closets inside yeah. that mansion. Yeah, where did you go for a jog at? Yeah. And down yeah. the most beautiful street in Charlotte, and every single one Here's was dedicated that, to Halloween. Got that kind of thing every day in New York City. It, it, we save it for special occasions. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful here. We had such a great time. A look at the grandfather clock. We are heading to Martinsville. Back again tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern. The return of Wednesdays with Dale Jr. and the debut of this year's Pit Crew All-Stars. Don't miss it. We'll see you then. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.